I'm Michael Laurie and you're listening to the Ulster Rugby Roundup. Hello and welcome to the Ulster Rugby Roundup's World Cup Special, brought to you in association with Remus Uomo, Victoria Square Belfast and Stockists Nationwide. Hello again, the Rugby World Cup is almost upon us and that means Jonathan Bradley's Road to Japan has begun. I'm your host Gareth Hanna and the roving reporter himself joins us from the quietest corner of Dublin Airport. Hello Jonathan. Hi Gareth, how are you? Our very first Skype interview in the podcast, this is a momentous occasion. So how's it all going down there, everything? Flight on time, everything going to plan? Yeah, flights are on time at the minute. Now, um, obviously it's flight one or two and I think I'm still a good uh, probably 17 18 hours away from uh, from Tokyo at this point and I've <laughs> Belfast about five hours ago so um, be a long one but look um, I'm not long enough in this gig to uh, have forgotten the fact that the last thing anybody listening to this wants to hear about is a journalist gripe about airports on the way to Japan so um, no Rock on, Speaking on behalf of uh, myself and the listeners, none of us will have any sympathy for you whatsoever in any travelling difficulties you may have because we would all love to be in your shoes. So, uh, to be fair, like I overcame the first obstacle of my suitcase being far too heavy, so uh, <laughs> but we're already on day winner today. <laughs> Just pay the extra and put it in expenses. Come on, you, you're bound to know how uh, to work these things by now. I think that that was the source of confusion from the. Um, the woman at the desk that I was just so willing to, uh, <laughs> to pay the extra. <laughs> she was like, no, you really don't want to do that. But um, uh, th- thankfully, my suitcase that has pretty much my entire life in it for the next two months uh, <laughs> is already on its way to Tokyo. So. Happy days. So on to the rugby. The Obviously, the big Ireland news is that everybody's getting injured. Robbie Henshaw is definitely out, we think, for this weekend. And Keith Earls and Rob Kearney are both highly likely to be out. So where does that leave Ireland other than very short on backs? Well, it leaves them with six outside backs for uh, six spaces in the team. So the answer would be very. Um, you know, we spoke sort of at length over the summer about the value of um, Will Addison. So this isn't revisionist history or anything, but it was quite a um, specialised squad mm-hmm. select, especially in terms of the backs of... There's not that much versatility there, really. And now that this has happened, um, basically in the first two training sessions since mm-hmm. arriving in, Ch- in Chiba, you're left with a situation where you could really do with some versatility. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is would that be a thought going through the Ireland coaching staff's head right now and that, mm, should we have brought Will? Uh, well, obviously, it looks very much like he's next man up, which we always assumed, but him getting pulled from, that, uh, from the mm-hmm. Glasgow friendly last minute uh, was definitely telling in that regard. Now he was uh, he was spotted in Belfast uh, yesterday, so he's, he's definitely still about as of uh, as of yesterday. Now he's not been uh, dispatched to hang out in Seoul or Hong Kong or mm. anything uh, just yet. It, so. Is that is that a real option? I mean, I read uh, I think it was maybe Rory Connor's piece today had mentioned that uh, there is a rule preventing Ireland from bringing Will into the training camp, etc. But there's nothing to stop them bringing him out to Japan somewhere or somewhere very close. Is that it? Yeah, well, essentially the rule is that um, he can't stay in the team hotel and he can't train with the team. So, you know, theoretically, you could just be knocking around Japan. I'm pretty sure that um, 
the last room available in my hotel in Tokyo was uh, a double room with a spare bunk bed. So, you know, if he needs somewhere to stay when he gets out, he can, uh, he can give me a buzz. <laughs> um, if you were putting money on it, is that something Ireland are likely to do? Or are they more likely just to leave him with Ulster until they know he's definitely coming? Look, I don't think so. I think with the... Uh, with the jet lag and the adjusting to conditions and things, I think if there was genuine concern that they needed him out there, he would have already been out there. Mm-hmm. You know, if that, if that was something they were going to pursue, it probably would have happened on Sunday because, you know, yeah. there's no point him flying now, really. Mm-hmm. And then them deciding on Saturday that they need him because he's not going to be in a great condition to play. Yeah, yeah. So really we're looking at uh, some sort of uh, you know, less favourable uh, report from any of these injury guys or another injury required before uh, Will's going to get the call? Yeah, it's like, I think I think they'll give Robbie Henshaw as long as he mm-hmm. needs. You saw this at the last World Cup with Robbie mm-hmm. as well. Like, And he's he's such an important player. They'll, they'll give him every chance to the point where, you know, he could be Ireland's Brody Retallick. Like, if it looks like he's going to be out until a game before the quarterfinals or the quarterfinal, they'll, mm-hmm. uh, they'll, keep, they'll keep him there. And, yeah. um, they are being quite tight. They're being quite tight-lipped about it. I mean, they're saying that he's out for the Scotland game and they're not sure past that, but surely um, it's this This is going to be three or four weeks at the, the least. Yeah, like I, you know, from talking to people, it sounds like it's a three to four week injury, mm-hmm. which would realistically put him in the frame for the Samoa game. Okay. I think Ireland will view that as enough, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then the injury to Rob Carney, you know, you can take it with a pinch of salt. I think the fact that they're saying he's going to train this week, um, all the all the sort of talk on the ground there in Japan is that he's probably most likely going to miss uh, the Scotland game and possibly even the Japan game as well. Okay. Obviously, like Chris Farrell is a virtual like for like replacement for Robbie Henshaw in terms of what he can bring in the carrying game. He's obviously not the same defensive leader because he just hasn't had the time to develop into that within mm-hmm. the setup as Robbie, but. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Farrell brought in for the Scotland game even ahead of Gary Ringers just because of what the conditions are likely to be and what the game plan's going to be. But it does, the Rob Carney injury does produce a, a big question around fullback because, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen Jacob play there for Ulster but not for Ireland. We've seen Jordan Larmer play there but look more comfortable on the wing, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. And Conway probably has the skill set but hasn't had the reps really for Ireland either. So, It'll be an interesting one of 15, especially if the uh, this potential typhoon lands and we end yeah. up playing the game in a thunderstorm when you really want your <laughs> sort of solid as a rock fullback um, mm-hmm. field in the aerial uh, bombardment was likely to come in those conditions. What would your money be on for a starting 15, Larmer? I think it would be Larmer, yeah, with Stockdale and um, Conway, Conway on the wings. Yeah. If, if, those, if those three guys don't make it. Um, it probably sounds like Pearls is the most likely, but mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could be without all three. Certainly, it sounds like anyway. You're listening to the Ulster Rugby Roundups World Cup Special, brought to you in association with Remus Ulam, Victoria Square Belfast, and Stockist Nationwide. A bit of a selection headache already for for Joe. Then, is there any update on Joey Carberry's progress? Yes, yeah, so Joey Carberry's trained. Um, for me, again, probably this situation makes him much more likely to be involved against Scotland because mm-hmm. Jack Carty is certainly ahead of him in terms of fitness and 
even sort of joked in one of the press this year in the week that if the game is played in the typhoon, it's not going to be any worse than he's used to seeing Galway play for Connacht. But uh, I just think with Arbery's ability to play full back and even centre as well, he becomes much more important to have on the bench because, you know, Cardi's not going to jump into centre or play full back and you're not going to want to move uh, Johnny Sexton around when the game is in the balance. And well, the same with Carberry as well. You know, don't forget how big a role he played in the Six Nations against Scotland last year as well before he got injured. So mm. um, he, he'd be a great one to have back as much as he'd uh, obviously love the other three boys as well. Mm-hmm. And the way the backs are shaping up for Ireland, I mean, there's obviously sort of, not a little bit of panic, but a little bit of concern creeping in. But at the end of the day, they only need six outside backs for the Scotland game. And the six, even if those three guys are out, the six that have coming in are still quality. So, um, do you know, yeah, is there well, a sort of a... I think it's important to remember that a player as good as Will Addison is sat back in Belfast. Yeah. So, you know, the guys that are ahead of him are all quality players. They're there because Joe Schmidt has faith in them to perform well in a World Cup. For me, even if Ireland put out that lineup that we uh, sort of floated there, mm-hmm. that wouldn't change the idea with me that they're favourites, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't change that? No. No, they'd, no. They'd still be favourites for me, and perversely, yeah. I actually think the bad weather would suit them more than it would suit Scotland as well. Yeah. And that would be why I think you'd edge towards Farrell, because in yeah. those conditions, you would probably just be as physical as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's an interesting one, uh, particularly for Farrell. So uh, perhaps we'll see him coming in then on uh, Friday, whenever the the teams announce. So what's the uh, what's the time scale of things going forward the next few days? When are we expecting more sort of updates from Ireland and and the team announcement? Yeah, so Ireland will train tomorrow on Wednesday, um, which with the game being on Sunday becomes their Tuesday, and anyone that's sort of paid attention to Joe Schmidt. Um, during this time in Ireland knows how important that Tuesday but in this case Wednesday session is for mm. guys looking to play at the weekend he's pretty much always stuck by the fact that you have to train on that particular session because yeah. as always um, the day after that's a down day mm-hmm. so if you're looking at those guys not being involved in tomorrow's training session which is Wednesday then it's a big big ask um, for them to really just have what would be um, the Friday session and then Saturday's captains run. Mm-hmm. Although, um, in this instance, the captains run at Yokohama Stadium is actually going to happen on the Friday okay. because the obviously South Africa New Zealand game uh, mm-hmm. is on the Saturday in the stadium. So, um, okay. their first look at the stadium, which normally comes the day before. The game is now going to be two days before the game, so everything's a bit um, sort of muddled up. But mm-hmm. um, yes, the, the team has their last day in Chiba tomorrow, which I think a good few of the uh, journalists on the ground already are fairly glad about to uh, <laughs> get out of what seems like a fairly industrial area just outside Tokyo and sort of get into the into the thick of things with uh, the big weekend ahead. Yeah, and the Ireland's team announcement then. Uh, looking at our time back in Belfast, is going to be about, isn't it 6am on Friday morning? Yes, so that'll be very early, very early Friday morning for you. Um, uh, so that'll be, that'll be the first press conference that I actually get myself to. Mm-hmm. Um, just with the, the, sort of the way the schedules work, with me landing in just after the Wednesday press conference mm-hmm. finishes and uh, there's no media on the Thursday. So yeah, for, I'm looking forward to Friday because it'll mm-hmm. be... Um, my first day on the ground really working and then um, obviously Japan Russia that night as well 
with the uh, with the opening game. So yeah, you're so going to that opening game. Ahead from here, I am. Yeah. Um, so I, like, I'm actually staying in Tokyo until after that game, then going in to Yokohama on the Saturday for what will be um, Ireland's presser, okay. and then South Africa, New Zealand, and then. Uh, I was going to say the big one, it sounds a bit silly to say the big one after you just said South Africa, New Zealand, but uh, <laughs> the, the Ireland game, and I'm a Sunday. Yeah. Um, what do you expect to see from that uh, that opening game? I mean, that will just be a brilliant uh, like occasion for Japan, would it? Yeah, it, it'll be class. I think it'll be really good to see, you know, something that's essentially 10 years in the making, you know, 2009, mm-hmm. whenever it was announced that this World Cup was coming to Japan, the first uh, first time on Asian soil, and really the first time that the a non-traditional rugby nations hosted the tournament. So it's going to be amazing to see just and such a different culture too. First year, it's going to be amazing to see how that all comes together on Friday, and then I think with uh, obviously the way the schedule um, has fallen, or maybe been fixed, depending on what you want to look at it, uh, there's a real opportunity for the hosts to. Uh, get off for, with a big big win mm-hmm. and that uh, New Zealand South Africa game on Saturday we shouldn't forget has huge ramifications for Ireland's tournament yeah like um, without doing any uh, disrespect to the rest of the teams in the pool and especially Japan um, it's pretty much always looked like the winner of that New Zealand South Africa game is going to play the loser the Ireland Scotland game mm-hmm. as I say like Japan will fancy themselves to have, a, to have a say about that but yeah. um, Ireland should be in a pretty good position to know either quarter-final opponent is likely to be mm-hmm. uh, before you know before the opening weekends are. yeah might should be be uh, be really interesting we've, we've spoken about that at length before as to which of those uh, we would prefer to get if you can possibly make that call um what uh, well i was reading the uh pull out in today's belfast telegraph and your tips for the tournament jonathan so you have gone on record now to say that Ireland will make it to the final where they will get beaten by England. Bold prediction. It is a bold prediction. Um, I didn't put any money on it. Uh, so <laughs> I should have, should have put a charity bet or something on for it. Because yeah. uh, it's uh, obviously it's a fairly outlandish shout, I think. But um, uh, just like I think England are really, really strong. And you can say this about any team, but if they keep their five best players fit, um, they're going to be in with a really, really good shout. Mm-hmm. That's the only caveat that you have to add that injuries are going to happen. Like, yeah, you, you wouldn't wish it on anybody, but you know, Billy Vanapola could get injured in the first game, and that just changes the complexion completely. Mm-hmm. And it, basically, every contender is in that same um, <laughs> yeah. boat where there's two, three, four players that they really, really can't afford to lose. And I, I genuinely think we're talking about a team's chances because everything's so tight, taking like a 10% hit off the back of one injury to a key man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's probably, well, almost definitely the most open World Cup there's ever been. You look at New Zealand, South Africa, England, you put Ireland in there as uh, teams that, more than that, teams that can realistically have designs on winning it. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you haven't even mentioned Wales there here. Yeah. Had a bad summer, but <laughs> on a grand slam not that long ago, and then, <laughs> Australia, who uh, thumped the All Blacks in the summer, so you know they've shown that they can beat anybody on their day as well, mm-hmm. and have the talent. They don't have the consistency, but um, 
Well, look, that'll uh, that'll probably do us for today. So um, this was just a little bonus podcast to one, make sure we knew how to work uh, Skype and get you on the podcast, but uh, two, just to fill in the gap before we get to Friday's squad announcement, and that's when you and one of the journalists from the Independent Dublin will be joining us uh, after Ireland's squad announcement. So we'll know um, a lot more then. Oh, and hopefully that wasn't your uh, the final call for your flight there, Jonathan. We better let you go. <laughs> no, um, definitely not for me. Um, Frankfurt is still at, at least a couple of hours away here, so um, <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'll tell you something. I'll try. Totally then. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Cheers. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Ulster Rugby Roundups World Cup Special, brought to you in association with Remus Uomo. Victoria Square Belfast and Stockist Nationwide.